live edition of the Patriot Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick, joined by my friend and co-host Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. A huge day in Patriots world, one that I'm really excited about. I wore the Patriots hat. I try and keep my fandom out of it, but I couldn't resist. The Patriots, the biggest news of the day. Involving a guy named Bill. Involving a guy named Bill. Bill Murray. Hang on, Mike. You're going through a tunnel there. Say that again. I had to uh, X out of something. Patriots uh, reserve guard, Bill Murray, (laughs) signed to a futures deal. So that's what we're here to talk about today, of course. No, I'm kidding. But the Patriots, that's the news the Patriots sent us today. Um, But (laughs) actually, you know what, Alex? Do you have any thoughts on Bill Murray before we do the big stuff? They like him. They they like him. Guys on the team yeah. like him. You know, no, I think I know. Bill likes him. I was kind of surprised that uh, he didn't get a futures contract initially. But now, uh, yeah, what the new OC? Oh, Bill something. Bill, Bill it's Bill, Bill Budford right? or something. Yeah, he'll have another offensive lineman to work with. That's the big Hell news yeah. today. Let's do it. Huge news. I'm pumped. It feels like stuff's really going in the right direction. Full day of offensive talk today. Just before 8 a.m. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports the Patriots will be naming Bill O'Brien as the team's offensive coordinator once again. Guy who built his resume here from 07 through 11, went to Penn State, was the head coach, took that team out of a real funk after everything that went on down at, uh, co- uh, not College Station. What's what's the name of where Penn State is now? It's not College uh, Station. It's College, uh, State College, right? State College, yeah. State College. So he does that. He goes to Houston. Had some. He was a successful coach at Houston. Um Ends up getting fired there. Learns from Alabama for a few years, and he is back. Uh, I love it, Alex. I've I've been you know on cloud nine all day about it. I think it's huge for Mac Jones. I think going into year three, just before his uh, his fifth year option on his rookie contract has to be pl- uh, picked up. I think you know something like this could have happened a year ago, and that's what we're always going to say probably throughout Mac's whole career is what if they maybe what if they did something the year before instead, but. I think that, you know, it's never it's never too late to be right, and it's huge. I think it's going to be huge for Mac. I think it's going to be huge for the offense. There's going to be a huge difference going into 2023 with Bell O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, this is just a massive step in the right direction, right? Yep. Having somebody that has called offensive plays, has been an NFL head coach who knows what he's doing in that role, there was nobody available better suited for this job than yep. Bill O'Brien. They went, they got the right guy. After a offseason of head scratching out of the box moves from Matt Patricia to, you know, not really doing anything in free agency to drafting Cole Strange, they they went with the obvious one. This was yep. obvious. Like on the surface, this is a vanilla move. And that's not to knock right. it. Sometimes you need to make the vanilla move. It's something they didn't do at all last year. And now they've done it and it's excellent. So I, I think a lot of fans will view this as the end of a process. And in a lot of ways it is, mm-hmm. but it's also the beginning of the pro of a process as well, because Bill O'Brien himself walking through the door, nobody as an offense coordinator walking through that door, snaps their fingers and fixes it right now. It's right. about the rest of the staff. What kind of schematic changes are they going to make offensively? Are they going to make personnel changes offensively? But we can find it was hard to get into some of that stuff without knowing who, the, knowing who the offense coordinator was going to be. And we all like, we knew, right? We, we yeah, knew we knew. We sort of knew this was coming, right? But now we can really dig into that, and because because if it had been right, a guy like like Keenan Cardell, it would have looked a little different. Mm-hmm. Now we know who it is, 
and we can really kind of start projecting forward and the soft season can really start rolling. They couldn't do anything before they made this move, not with the rest right. of the coaching staff, no personnel moves on the roster, no trades, no none of it. This had to be the first domino to fall, and now we're off and running. And there are so many, like you said, there's so many more dominoes involved now that it's it's good to get the first one done, right? Because you talk right. about where they're going to go with the rest of the staff. You look at maybe a guy like Doug Marone comes in to coach the O-line. We can go into Adrian Clem, who they might uh, bring in. You look at weapons and you talk to DeAndre Hopkins. Is there a beef between him and O'Brien and all that stuff? But the first one's done, right? And it's someone who Mac Jones has some familiarity with. Um, right. it's, it's gone on forever that uh, he and O'Brien met, um, in between their tenures at Alabama, Mac helped him ease into the offense. So, I mean, you know, it's two guys who just love football. And my favorite thing about O'Brien here is that he's the tea, he's the teapot. You've heard the teapot saying with, you know, him and Brady and, uh, Brian Hoyer and how, you know, O'Brien would blow up on guys if he had to. And he, He's there and he knows his stuff and he's going to be hard on you and he's going to coach you hard. And that's exactly what Mac Jones said he wanted earlier this season. I don't know if that was an indictment directly on Bill O'Brien in a good way to say like, I want Bill O'Brien here eventually, or I just want someone who's going to know what's going on and, you know, hammer it into our heads, but they have that here now. And it's very exciting for Mac Jones. I think it's, it's what they needed last year. And I know they, they couldn't do it with, um, the contract or anything. And that's where I kind of go. I, you know, it's, it's kind of senseless at this point to go backwards, but I want to do it for a second because why did they even do Patricia in the first place? You could have went with Nick Cayley for a year and at right. least a guy with some sort of offensive background one season to test it out as you waited out Bill O'Brien. Cause it feels like that's what they were doing anyway, was just waiting out O'Brien's contract. Well, cause, cause Mike Cayley might've been good. And then suddenly there's no space for O'Brien in 2023. Like, no, it's, it's that makes no sense. And let me cut you off because if Cayley does great, sense. if Cayley, I know you were being sarcastic, but right. if Cayley does great, you keep Cayley. If Cayley doesn't do well, or he gets a head coaching job. Right. So exactly. He leaves. If he does good, you keep him. And if he does bad, he goes back to tight ends or he leaves or something, whatever the case may be. But there was no excuse. And we know there was no excuse for what they did with Mac Jones's growth and what they did with uh, Matt Patricia. But again, I think it's, I really do. I think it's huge for Mac. I think it's two guys that know ball, love ball. And frankly, I think they're going to mesh really well together. Yeah. And, and there was the report from Mark Daniels earlier today that Mac's really excited about this. And I think that that's big. Um, It's yeah. Again, it's a guy that, he has a quarterback's background too. This is a right. guy that should in theory be able to maximize Mac Jones. We're going to see, there's a lot of talk at the end of last season, how coachable is Mac Jones really with some of the outbursts on the sideline and all that. We're going to find out exactly what Mac Jones is made of. And this goes back to my bigger point that, that I said a couple of shows ago, that is my big take of the off season. One of two things is going to happen. Either Bill O'Brien's going to fix Mac or he's not in the next guy comes in in 2024 with an established offense coordinator. So I, I like that. It's a guy with quarterback background. That's another big part of it. Uh, Yeah. So, and the other thing that, you know, building off of guy that knows ball, I was watching a, uh, a thing on Bill O'Brien earlier and it was like a, a YouTube coach tape type thing that he had done. And he was explaining their, uh, their Haas wide juke play that it's the Patriots like bread and butter. One of the plays where, Outside guys run hitches that convert to goes on press coverage. Inside guys run seams. 
Third guy runs an option route across the middle. It's it's a basic play, but Patriots run it and they've ran it well. And that's just the watch. play that they hit uh, Gronk on at the end of Super yes. Bowl Fifty Three. Correct. It's it's their bread and butter. They've used it before, specifically, like you said, in that Super Bowl. They ran it three four times in a row, got them into the end zone for a touchdown at the end of the Super Bowl, and they won it. So again, it's it's O'Brien breaking down that play, and I'm watching it, and he's he's explaining how. The coverage dictates where you're going to go with the football and what side you're going to look to. And if you have this matchup against the guy you trust versus going inside and why the inside receiver is going to, you know, break to the the outside versus read the inside on the back. And I'm watching, you know, all this stuff that it's it's sort of basic football, but you have to, you know, hear it to understand it. And it's something I understand just from playing the game myself and, you know, being a fan. But I'm truly watching that and I'm thinking to myself, does Matt Patricia even know this stuff? Like, truly, do you think Matt Patricia could go and break down a play like that? Because, like, I know we're not in those meeting rooms, but it was just so dysfunctional the whole year, and it was so disoriented. And I'm like, thank God they have this guy here instead of what happened this past season. Because I truly don't think, you know, part of me feels bad for Matt Patricia because he was not ready for this, and he was sort of just kind of chucked into it. And you see it on Twitter all the time. People give him so much crap, and you pile on him. And it was bad, and it's his fault, but you kind of feel for him at the same time. It's it, it's not that he doesn't understand it. It's that there's certain things you do long enough. And everybody right. has something in their life that's like this. You do long enough. You pick up the little nuances of it that somebody just starting out, even if they're familiar with something adjacent, may not understand. I, I don't doubt that, that Matt Patricia knows what Haas Juke is and understands the general right. concept. But... There may be little nuances of the way it interacts with certain defenses and the timing of when you call it and things like that, that he just having not been around it, he's not in the meetings. He's not necessarily breaking it down to that level. And that's not his fault. It goes back to what you said. He wasn't prepared for that role. He should have never been in that role in the first place that he's not going to get. I hate to compare you to to Matt Patricia, Mike, but like you've been doing this show for six months and there's little things about it now that you probably understand much better than has it really been six months actually now that I think about it? Uh maybe a little less, maybe five. But yeah. All right, but still like, the point stands yeah. like there's probably little things that you understand now. And I bet the audience can even see that they're little things, but you kind of understand better now than you did when you started. And it helps you with sure. the show. Like that's just there's a reason, and I understand Bill's belief that a truly good football coach can coach any position. Because at the end of the day, it's teaching. I do believe there is a level of truth to that. This was just way too much of a stress test for that theory. Because once you're calling plays, now you're beyond teaching. Now you're into the strategy of it. And, and it, you have to make quick decisions and all of that. And there's a reason that guys generally stay on one side of the ball throughout their career. You have guys like... Matt Patricia, whose first year was on offense and then moved to defense. You have guys like Josh McDaniels, whose first year was on defense and then moved to offense after that. Like, that makes sense. But 15, 20 years in, there's a reason guys score to stay where they stay. And that, to me, is what happened. And now you have a guy coming in, Bill O'Brien. And actually, I believe I have his resume right here. Yep. Bill O'Brien's first coaching job was the linebackers coach. Look at that. But then he goes, tight end, GA, running back. OCQB, running back, OCQB, offensive assistant, wide receiver, QB, OCQB. And then that was his last stop. And then he goes to Penn State, right? Where he's the head coach. Right. There's a reason that it, it's linear. 
and they just sort of again i i don't hate the theory from bill overall i really don't but not at that level right this is more like bring him on the offensive line first and if you want to teach it right honestly year by year and go like that but to put him in the position he did this year just did not make sense right or it's even more something where like a guy like Dante Scarnecchia, could he have tips that would help a defensive lineman? Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. I'm not, and, and I think the world of Scar, I'm not going to put him out there and have him call defensive plays out of nowhere, right? So, right. like, again, if he did it over the course of years and years and years and built up, he probably could. He's a brilliant football mind. But you just, that sort of change isn't supposed to happen. And right. now the Patriots are back where they have a guy in that seat who knows what he's doing in that seat. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. 100%. I'm with you, and I think to you know to move this to the next part of this discussion as far as Bill O'Brien being the head coach of the offense, which is something we've talked about the last few weeks leading up to this offensive coordinator search, I think and I hope that Belichick will be able to step aside much more like he was able to when McDaniels was here and trust Bill O'Brien to create his staff and maybe help. I, I don't want to give him free reign on personnel because we know how it ended in Houston, but you know, I like this guy. I like that guy to work in this situation and that situation for different concepts and plays. Um, but mainly it's the staff. I think that he needs to have the autonomy to be able to bring in guys he likes and wants to work with and guys he knows no ball. And so I look at the offensive line coach position uh, on the staff. Now that that's the next biggest need right now to fill. And it was reported today by Albert Breer that the Patriots are going to meet again with Adrian Clem from Oregon. So he is the Oregon offensive line coach. He's their run game coordinator and he is their associate head coach. So he was here last week for an offensive coordinator interview. Uh, obviously does not get the job with O'Brien, but it seems like they're going to bring him in probably in a meeting, I would say with O'Brien and then Mayo as well, because Mayo was involved in those talks um, to potentially be the offensive line coach. And, Look, I, I look at this two ways. One is... I'm just going to throw this in here real quick. So Giardi yeah. had a follow-up report. Okay. Uh, this is six hours ago on Twitter. Quote, Okay. The Patriots have zeroed in on Clem to join the staff. Impressive okay. first interview. Obviously leads to a second. He'll be expensive. He makes somewhere around a million at Oregon. Bill O'Brien not coming cheap either. Continued change in business philosophy this winter. Okay. So adding that to it then, it sounds like Clem will have a place on staff, whatever it may be. Um. So that makes me wonder, Alex, I do, um, about, you know, what O'Brien has, if O'Brien has say in this decision, if it's still Belichick kind of playing puppet master, um, he coached Clem before, I would think a guy like Doug Marone, who that game, that name get, keeps getting floated around, maybe would be potentially better in this situation as the O-line coach. I know, I, I look, they know better than I do, but if Belichick's kind of driving O'Brien to make certain decisions on his offense. I already don't like that. I already don't like that happening. But what do you think? What do you think of Clem? Maybe a run game coordinator, maybe something like that. But what do you think of that report? Well, Marone's already the offensive line coach with the Saints. So that one's going to be interesting. Fair. I 
I, I like, I, again, I, I think we talked about this on a previous show. Maybe that was with Evan. Um, Marone to me is the guy you hire. So you bring in Clem as the offensive line coach, right? You mm-hmm. go get one of those young receivers, uh, young receiver coaches, right? Yeah. Jefferson, uh, McCardell. And then you bring Marone in as like a senior advisor to the offense. I don't know if you remember Mike the role Brett Bielma had in 2019 yep. when he came here, where he was just sort of another freebie, another freebie like Patricia. Was. Yeah, he was just sort of around. He was mm-hmm. just sort of here, and he ended up working mostly with the defensive line. But like he was, it was a really young coaching staff, and he was there as a resource. That to me is the role you're hiring Doug Marone for. I don't think you're hiring him outright to be the offensive line coach because it's a lateral move. I don't know if he would take it. As for the Working rest. under Dennis Allen compared to play, people you you know, I mean, again, he he would technically have to be cleared by the Saints to take a lateral role or lateral move. So right, that's the not, thing. Like, but, so much yeah. has to go into that. Sure. Whereas, if you call him a senior, whatever something, senior defensive mind, right, it's not necessarily a lateral move. Right. the The big thing with me, and whether this is Clem or whether it's McCardell getting brought in or Jefferson getting brought in. I love the idea of having a run game coordinator or pass game coordinator, not necessarily Mm -hmm. because I think either of those units needs extra coordination under O'Brien, but really what that role is, is assistant offensive coordinator. That's essentially what, what that title means. And if there's one thing the Patriots haven't had going from McDaniels to Patricia and now Patricia O'Brien, they have not had a smooth transition. It still makes me laugh that Matt Patricia was even the OC. I know. We're Hearing you back. say it, it's like, what the heck? We're going to look back on what this after Mac wins his fourth Super Bowl and laugh about it. Right. But exactly. I, <laughs> having a guy in that role, like a young guy in that role, who is coming up with the game plan with Bill O'Brien, is, is intimately mm-hmm. involved in the play calling. Bill O'Brien's here for a good time, not a long time. He's right. not here to be the offense coordinator for 10 years like Josh McDaniels was. He's here to get his stock back up and go get a head coaching job either in in college or in the, in the NFL. And if he does right. a good job here, he's going to do that because teams are going to see how he turned Mac Jones around, and that's going to make him a commodity. So if you have Adrian Clem as your run game coordinator, if you have Sean Jefferson as your pass game coordinator, that guy slides right into the offense coordinator role when Bill O'Brien leaves. Seamless transition. He's going to run the same offense. He's familiar with the personnel. The personnel's familiar with him. All of that. So whether it's Clem as the offensive line coach, whether it's Clem in another role, whether it's one of these receivers, that to me is the big thing. And and the fact that we've heard about Clem and not Mm -hmm. Jefferson or McCardell tells me that's the direction it is. I like the idea of you make Adrian Clem the run game coordinator. Not that Bill O'Brien can't coordinate a run game, but... No, get him familiar. Makes sense. Right, when Bill O'Brien bolts in two years for whatever the big, you know, college job opening is, we're, we don't have to do this again with the whole search and scratching our heads. And is it going to be Matt Patricia? Nope. Right. Adrian Clem, you're up. You're next. Yep. And then when he moves up, you you take the next guy and you make him the, the run game coordinator, pass game coordinator. That's how you want to do it. That's uh, that's the optimistic way and to look at I it. Should add, I should add, I guess in theory, Nick Kaylee could be a candidate for that spot. I just, it's so weird with Kaylee at this point. Yeah, it is. And it depends how long he sticks around after, you know, he's he's getting he's right. just gotten kind of thrown around by Belichick here. Right. Like they didn't let him go to Vegas. He wanted to go to Vegas and they said no. Right. They didn't give him the offensive coordinator job. They kept him with the tight ends. Now he gets the he gets like the um, 
the, the throw in coordinator thing just to say that they interviewed him probably. That's how I, that's, that was my take yeah. on it. Well, because if he goes elsewhere and succeeds, it's, well, we did interview him. We didn't just throw him to the wolves, but they did. Um, but no, I, I, I don't hate that. I think, like you said, bringing in, bringing in Clem, let him learn this, you know, new ish system that they're going to run with O'Brien. Uh, it makes a lot of sense and it, it keeps a guy in the pipeline who after, like you said, O'Brien bolts, someone who else, someone else who can learn it. Um, I do want to bring up another element to the story, but before I do, I quickly just want to talk about HelloFresh, Alex, because I just ate dinner. I just ate some HelloFresh. It was delicious. Um, use HelloFresh or go to HelloFresh.com slash beat21 and use the code beat21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Uh, they make it super easy to make your meals. They ship directly to your door. Um, you can choose a bunch of different packages. Everyone's got New Year's goals right now, you know, trying to lose weight, trying to eat better, feel better. HelloFresh is the best way to do it. Um, it's great. It's good stuff. High quality food right to your door. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash beat21. Use the code beat21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Um, after that, this is the fun stuff, Alex. And there's like I, I mentioned how there's so many secondary moves to this, right? You talk about... Um, the rest of the staff, you talk about, you know, where they're going to go with another weapon, but I have to rip the bandaid off. It was talked about this weekend. This one doesn't feel likely, but the Boston Globe's Chris Gasper on Friday on Felgram Mass yeah. floated the idea of Tom Brady coming back to New England. He said that he has the feeling that teams were trying to bring in Bill O'Brien to potentially lure Brady back. Uh, or lure Brady to their team, right? So maybe Tampa sure. was going to try and bring O'Brien in and maybe Brady would come back or the Jets would do it or whatever the case may be, right? But then Felger follows up and says, okay, are, are you, do you feel like the Patriots would do this? And Gasper says, yes. So it felt like informed speculation from Chris there. Um, I didn't know what to make of it. The odds um, for Brady to go to, Comebacks in New England are four to one. Um, he's second behind the Raiders. So I don't know what odds makers think. I don't know what Gasper thinks, but I had to talk about it. Do you want Brady back? Should Brady come back? What do you think about that? I take him back. I would take him back. I, I've said for a while now that part of the reason I'm sticking behind Mac is because I don't think a better quarterback is available this offseason. Sure. I don't think Tom Brady's available to the pay oh, available to the Patriots this offseason, I should say. Not not available, but not available right. to the Patriots. I don't think Tom Brady's available to the Patriots. If he is, he's an upgrade. And I've been on record on, like, it would be an amazing story and you're going to yeah, get free agents left and right. And yeah, I'd take him back. What are the chances of him coming back? I don't think they're zero. I don't think they're much higher than zero. You know, we're talking decimals. Right. But this, I mean, this news doesn't hurt. If that's where you're going, mm -hmm. this news doesn't hurt because... He's 45 years old. He doesn't want to learn a new system. Right. He wants to go somewhere, especially after what happened the first half of his first year in Tampa. He's going to want to just go somewhere that he he knows the setup, that he can yeah, just, just fall into place. Right, right just fall into. It. And Bill O'Brien, they, they speak the same language. They work together. Yep. So, yeah, I think there is something to that. Is that the be-all, end-all? No, absolutely not. It's item maybe nine or ten on the list. But the Patriots do have that one checked now, and they didn't have it checked before. Yeah, the one thing I say, and it's the the chances of this are very slim, but I've said it. I've said it all real offseason when the thing with Jeff Howell wrote um, at the beginning of December where he had the Patriots on the list as well, right? Um, my thing is, 
it looks like you have a guy who is competent enough to do the job in the building in Mac Jones. So why move on from it when it's so hard when you have to go back into that QB carousel? So if somehow, some way, now it's Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick can bring Mac in the office and say, look, we like you. We will guarantee that we're going to pick up your fifth year option, but we're going to bring Tom freaking Brady in and you get to learn for two seasons from the greatest quarterback of all time. And then this team is yours again. What do you say? And I wouldn't blame Mac Jones for saying, no, trade me because he's young. He feels like he's ready. He proved it last year, but that's the only way I would, I would like Brady here is if you take Mac Jones, you don't trade him and you say, look, learn behind Tom, take it for what it's worth. We like you here still. We're going to give you the fifth year and let's move on. What do you say? And yeah. That's, again, that's my way. I don't think it's likely. I don't think he would say yes, but that's my one way you bring Brady in. I don't think Brady goes for that. I think if Brady's coming back, not even that. I think if he's coming back, it's going to be, you are selling, you, you are putting every asset you have towards winning this year, right? This is a one year thing. And that if that means trading Mac Jones to the Raiders for Darren Waller, you're doing it right. Okay, because Darren fair. Waller is going to help you win a Super Bowl more in 2023 than Mac Jones will if Tom Brady's on the roster. So I think Brady looks at it. I don't even think it's that he doesn't want to teach. I don't think it's that he doesn't want the kid behind him on the depth chart. And he's worried about that or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's that, Hey, I'm here right now. We are trying to win. This kid is this not is helping us asset. win as my backup. He has value. You need to trade him. Maybe teach a zappy. I don't know. But like, yeah, I just think at that point, he's going to say, you can get me another weapon by trading Mac Jones. So do it. Like, I think that's what that conversation would look like. That's fair. Um, you learn something new. You think about something new every day. I didn't think of it that way, but that makes yeah, sense. Right? There's no inside information there. That's just, no, of course not. I don't mean you learn. I mean, like I, that, right, yeah. I didn't even, that didn't cross my mind. So it's a good point. Look, because, I, yeah. Best case scenario. He comes back and he's like, yeah, I'm going to win you guys a Super Bowl, and I'm going to get teach Mac. So he can win you more like, and Max says, yes, that's the key. Right. right. And and then, and then my alarm goes off and I wake up. (laughs) Exactly. So So, yeah, it's a long shot. I don't know. You you look, I mean, this, the roster does feel ready, more ready to win now than a rebuild, I guess, in some places like, you know, David Andrews is getting old. You have Jude on here who will be around for a while, but I mean, Devin McCourty said it this weekend when he was on CBS, look, if, or uh, it was NFL network or CBS, one or the other, but He's kind of doing his media tour, getting ready to get this next step in, huh? Yeah. D-Mac. Yeah. Um, but he said it too. If Brady comes back, I'll come back. So maybe you get him back. Maybe you get Slater back. Jules, how's Jules' knee? I mean, I don't know. It's it's fun to think about. It's not going to happen. But uh, maybe Bill O'Brien's that next step. The other thing, uh, the other element to this is weapons and wide receivers. And I want to put this out there. I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and we can add other receivers in. I see even, I've seen in the chat five, six times now, T. Higgins, who's on the last year of his deal in Cincinnati. Or he's going into his contract year in Cincinnati. That's a lot of times where yeah. uh, guys will go, they'll go get guys and give an extension. So the Cardinals are looking to trade DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. He does have a no trade clause. He does have mutual respect with Bill Belichick. He did uh, play under Bill O'Brien in Houston before O'Brien traded him. Uh, I wanted to bring up something from uh, Jeremy Fowler on ESPN today, who basically said that, and if I can pull it up now, um, there are Fowler said that there's mutual respect between Belichick and O'Brien and Hopkins, excuse me, 
um, and that Belichick is an avid trader and he's an aggressive trader. And he said that an NFL executive told him it would be interesting to pair O'Brien with Hopkins again. Uh, they might not be friendly, but they had success together with subpar quarterback play, so maybe it can work. A lot yeah. of stuff happened between them. He ended up trading him. Hopkins has gone on to say that there was no relationship and that when he got fired in Houston, in Houston Hopkins actually said, I hope, you know, all the best for him. So it, I don't know. Can, can, it, can it happen? Can they make it work? I would love it. I think they should do it. And if they can mend the fence, it feels like a great, a great move for Mac. It just feels risky, right? What you said about, you know, could they get along if the play's better? Well, that's, if it doesn't, it's going to blow up in your face. Right. And I've obviously been a big Hopkins guy. I'd still take him. I think there's risks that come with that. But I think now Jerry Judy has passed DeAndre Hopkins on my wish list. Okay. I think with this move, because that's it. You're just putting Alabama together. Look at what all these teams are doing putting these guys together, right? It works. So yeah, I'd, I, I, I would not have a problem with Hopkins, but I think this does make it a lot tougher. You have to be really confident in that locker room. And look, there's a lot to be confident in, given they didn't fall apart last year with everything that happened. But I just, I Judy's more of a long-term guy too. Uh, so I feel that way about T Higgins too, man. There's just like, less to worry about. Here's my thing with T Higgins. Wait, can I, I finish? Can I finish uh, Hopkins first? Yeah. Quickly, just the only thing is it's almost like, and you've, t- you talked about it as the Bill O'Brien stuff built up was it's one or the other. And now that it feels like it's O'Brien, it feels like Hopkins is done, but it's kind of too bad that it feels like O'Brien is the only roadblock because you have Belichick and Hopkins who clearly like each other. You have Monty Austin Ford out in Arizona now who would be open to, you know, would be open to making a deal right. happen because he's worked here before the, the lines are going to be open um and the no trade clause too like hopkins would come here he has the okay so it makes it easier everything feels easy for hopkins to come here except for o'brien well i would still rather o'brien i think but kind of sucks that that's that's what's standing in the way that's why you hope you just sit the two of them down and say hey deal with it figure it out like we're gonna make this right let's let's clear the air that's still the best case scenario on can i go to higgins now yeah, yeah, go for it. I was just, it's, yeah. That was, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. On Higgins, my issue with him is I don't know that he's going to be available. And I get why people think he is. He's entering last year of his deal. Cincinnati can't pay everybody. But if they don't, let's say they don't win it this year. Let's say they lose to the Chiefs or they lose in the Super Bowl. We can get to our picks later. But if yep. they don't, are you going to trade T. Higgins? just so you can get something for him or rookie, you know, quarterback on his rookie contract window closing. Let's just see if we can get this man. Let's just go. Like I'm not, why exactly are the Bengals trading Higgins besides that? It would make a lot more. You don't build that roster to sell early, right? That's the kind of thing where you take one more crack at the Super Bowl If you lose him for nothing. So what you maximize your window. Now, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl this year, I think there's actually a better chance he becomes available because you don't have to worry about maximizing that window anymore. But you got your ring for a franchise that's rarely been close. That's never won it. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to be super eager to trade him. You're going to have to blow them away. You're, I, I think you're probably talking about multiple first, certainly multiple top 50 picks. I, it's not worth paying Higgins, that price, but is Higgins going to hold out this summer. 
That's the other thing. Are they going to sign him to an extension? Because they might have to deal him. That's the, that's the thing that stands If he in the holds way out, maybe. I'm still just not, like, if he holds out, yeah, then you have that conversation. But again, he's going to be insanely expensive. He's going to be expensive for Cincy expensive. too. That's the that's that's the back and forth. No, though. but I mean on the like, trade to trade. No, him. of course, right? Yeah, no, I know. Right, I'm I'm talking multiple picks and and I he's going to get more than AJ Brown. Like AJ Brown went straight up for a first. I think you're probably talking about a first and a second because now the team with the wide receiver, right? Look at what happened to the Titans right. when they and, and look the Titans didn't have as many weapons as the Bengals do elsewhere. Jamar Chase, but Hey, we're taking a huge risk dealing this guy. You need to put us in a spot where we can be, you know, comfortable that we can replace him. Right. So I just, I know I'm kind of being a wet blanket right now. I, I don't know how realistic it is that he becomes available. And if he does become available, the cost is going to be monumental. It's, it, yeah. it's going to be a lot. Well, because you look at the guys who get traded, right. And we talk, well, I guess the chiefs want it, but you think about AJ Brown, like you said, coming from the Titans, the right. Titans, weren't that close. You look at when uh, the Vikings traded Diggs to the Bills. The Vikings, they needed more. And so that's kind of why they, they traded close, Diggs. Yeah. Right, they weren't that close. They were that middling, you know, fringe playoff team that they were. I guess Cincy, I mean, not Cincy, Kansas City rather, kind of they already won theirs with Tyreek and he was asking for so much money that right. it felt like that just had to be done. What's that so, first thing? They already won it. Right, exactly. They don't yeah. make that so, move if they don't have a Super Bowl ring. They, if right. Mahomes doesn't have a ring, like I think that's a big part of that. So what you're saying is the Patriots are Cincinnati Bengals fans. Patriots fans should be Cincy fans if you want T. Higgins. Uh yeah, yeah, you could say that if 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 that's how you want to follow the playoffs and just what's you know you think T. Higgins is the guy and there's no other option, then yeah, you want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl because it increases the chances that he's going to become available. Okay, let's throw Stefan Diggs into the mix because he blew up at Josh Allen this weekend and people are making a big deal out of that. I It would be his third team in, what, five, four or five years? Yeah. I don't I like just, what he did with Allen. Like, I feel like they've they've been so good together. And I know that wrong, the emotions... Though? Was he wrong, though? Here we go with the damn Josh Allen. I don't thing. like... I, I don't like the... Hang on. With the, the damn... We, we I saw you retweet about, about Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Oh my All God. were accurate. All were accurate. And I don't, by the way, I don't like that Diggs left early. That, you don't Yeah, like that was, especially that's not crap, as a captain. Right. Yeah. Okay, look, one, the Bills are not going to trade him to the Patriots. No, they're, they're not, not going to do that it. That would right. be disastrous. Yeah. Uh, two, I don't think he'd want to come here for a number of reasons. Yeah, fair. But the idea of him unlocking Mac Jones and Bills fans <laughs> having to experience that yeah. again, and then my alarm clock goes off and I right. wake up. But, I um, yeah I, I I think the next guy you're probably talking actually let's let, let's play game Mike let's let's play game here what draft was are, are we talking about here this is the 2019 draft uh with Judy yeah Judy yeah. and Higgins yeah it was 19 no no it's 20 20 because Higgins was the same year as Burrow could you get ahead of it maybe and who are the guys no a team's not going to trade a guy after two years. Not that's not a guy that's that good. Like Who? hypothetically, right? Yeah. I'm just going off. I, and I'm not saying any of these guys are available. Just the wide receivers from that class. Yeah. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Too young. They're all Kadarius, too young. Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman. Now Bateman, Bate I don't know that he's on that Bate level. He could be available. Mm -hmm. Because he's also coming he, off an injury. 
if Lamar leaves, the Ravens are going to have to blow that up. Rondale yep. Moore, Dwayne Eskridge, Tutu Atwell, Terrace Marshall. Right, yeah, now you're getting down here. Yeah. So. So I, again, that feels like the, it's too early for those teams to give up on those guys. I mean, the is. Giants did it with Tony, but that was sort of a train wreck from the start. Um, you look to again. You look to the team. You look to the team with the guy going into his fourth year that's looking for the extension, and that's Higgins. Right. That's Judy. Um, the other one I just saw in the chat is Mike Evans. Yeah, He's so older, that one's really interesting. Yeah, the problem with that is what like Tampa can't get. They have to get rid of him. They have to like that contract's not going to work. But right. they save something like fifteen million dollars if they wait until June. So I don't know if there's a way to backdate that or front date that or whatever it would be, but I would take Evans happily. Yeah. I, you know, I think that'd be great. I just don't. He's the sneakiest hall of famer in NFL history. He's, he has a thousand yards in every single season. Yeah. He's always been reliable. It's like, people don't think of him as like a top, top tier guy. And he, he's been outstanding ever since he left. Yeah. AM. That was um, just, I don't know how you make the timing work, but he'd be the guy. Yeah. Like he's, if we're just talking players over Judy, over Hawkins, give me Mike Evans. Yeah. But, so, and then I mean, the other names that have been thrown out, like Keenan Allen, I know Andrew Callahan suggested. Yeah. That's another one where I don't know realistically how available he's going to be because the Chargers have a window they need to make work. I've seen people talk about DJ Moore. His extension kicks in this year. So you would, you could, you would have some flexibility to, to move the money around on that. Now, he's maybe a guy that the Panthers, if the new coach wants picks and to rebuild from the ground sure. up, but. I, I don't know that DJ Moore is on the level of a DeAndre Hopkins or a Mike Evans. I think he's probably a step below. But, yeah, those are just the other so, names I think we're throwing out. So I guess the reason we're sort of thinking this is maybe the other report that came out um, as far as the Patriots go with a wide receiver, that there's sort of a split in the organization, whether they want to go for a top-tier true number one. Um, that sounds like... Typical Bill doesn't think they need one, but now that there's more pressure coming from ownership and the higher-ups, that maybe they want them to go get a number one. So with all these names floated, Alex, um, Hopkins, Judy, Evans, you know, all of them. Yeah. A, do you think they truly need one? And B, do you think they actually will go get one? I I, I do think they need one. And, and it's in right. that Giardi report, right? Specifically why. A guy who will dictate coverage. Yep. A guy who who... When you the other team gets in that Tuesday meeting, what are we going to do about this guy? He's going to be a problem. They have some good receivers, but nobody who you're scheming around right now. In terms of the split, you know, I think it's really interesting because that report came out during the offensive coordinator interviews. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Patriots, that would be one of my first questions to those candidates is what is, you know, do you want us to bring in a wide receiver? Do you think we need one? Who do you like? So... Bill O'Brien, to me, is a guy that's going to want... He's always had that guy. Yeah. He's going to want that guy. Right. So maybe this skews it, right? I think hiring O'Brien, a guy who needs to succeed, needs to succeed right now. Yeah, I, I, I think there is a good chance they make this move. Chris Gasper was on Felger and Maz on Friday, and he brought up an interesting point. And it was in the conversation about Brady potentially coming back, but it wasn't about Brady. He gave the whole spiel about... You know, Patriots targeting O'Brien so they can reunite him in TV tw with TV 12. And, and Felger asked him, well, does that sound like them? Does that sound like something they would do? And Gasper goes, does any of this? Right. From the statement 
to the kind of guys they're interviewing, all of it, right? Does any of this sound like them? And Mike, I think this is a little before you covered the team, but do you remember in 2021 at this time of year, there were a couple reports. It was Tom Curran and Mike Reese who all said, I mean, the exact phrase, because I hammered it on this show. It was the off season. We start like this came out. I think it was the first or second show me and Evan ever did. Okay. And I stuck my flag in the ground. I said, there's all these reports about the Patriots being uncharacteristically aggressive yeah. this off season. Longtime viewers of the show. This is a callback. You'll appreciate this, right? In all off season, I kept saying, yeah, you know, me and Evan are debating Hunter Henry, John U. Smith. I'm like, what if they sign both? They're not, yeah. they're not going to sign both. I'm like, it would be uncharacteristically aggressive. Are they going to take a quarterback in the first round? Well, I don't know. They never do. Well, it would be uncharacteristically right. aggressive, right? What are you going to do with this and that? And then what did they do? They were uncharacteristically aggressive. We don't necessarily have a report saying that again, but the way Gasper said that and just the way things are being talked about right now yeah. around the team, I feel like I'm back in the spring of 2021 and that uncharacteristically aggressive thing again. So like the tech, you almost, and I'm a big believer in let's use historical context. This is what they traditionally do. I think to an extent we have to throw that out the window this off season. I, from the minute that statement came out, and I think it's one of the first things I said to you, Mike, after you read it, we were live when that came out and said, this is different. Yeah. This is different. That set the tone. You don't release that statement and then have the same off season you've been having for the last 20 years. Right. Right. You set the tone that the expectations, the intensity that's been turned up. That's been turned up a level. And to me, trading for a number one wide receiver, Hopkins, Judy, whoever, is a you know is uncharacteristically aggressive, for lack of a better right. term. No, I'm with you. And again, it's you got when someone tells you they're doing something, you got to listen. And you taught me that on this show when I first started with Jelani Tavai. When Belichick said this guy's gonna play here, he doesn't get cut and he plays here. And you know whether you believe it or not. Guys like Curran, guys like Gasper, guys like Bedard, guys like Mike Reese, they have sources. They know what's going on inside the building. It's not just people don't just throw up. Well, red so flags. so like, let me just clarify. Like, I, it wasn't a re report from Gasper saying that it was an observation. But correct. I just thought it, that observation reminded me of that. So this is where you can use the historical context, right? At the beginning of that off season, I don't remember what it was. But there was something where Bill did an interview. I think it might have been with, with Shaughnessy. Yes, he did it was. some interview yes. at the beginning of the season. He calls Shaughnessy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Right. Like, like I this need to is explain myself. Right. Similar to what he like did with were, McBride this year. Yeah. Right. It felt like they were getting ahead of things. Right. So I just sort of have a similar feeling. And Gasper yeah. saying that is what made it click in my mind. I have a similar feeling that I did at that time. And that was the uncharacteristically aggressive off season. Now you can debate to what extent being uncharacteristically aggressive worked. I think that, you know, there are so many moves it can for every Matthew Judon, there's an Nelson Aguilar, right? You can right. go both ways on it, but they did it. And I think overall it was a net positive. Yes. Another off season. And the other difference is they were working with nothing, nothing when they began the 2020 offseason. I mean, that roster was torn down. Awful, yeah. They are starting at a much higher point now than they were then. So if they can have a comparable offseason now to that one, 
they're going to be in really good shape. Right. Well, even the point I meant with though, I know Gaspers wasn't a report, but just going back to that, right. When, you know, things, things leak out of the building, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not. And so my, the point was, if someone had, someone said something at some point about the Patriots, someone in the building wants a number one wide receiver. So that's at least turning in someone's head. So watch out for it and maybe try and listen to it. Um, I say we can open this up for a little bit of Q and a, if you guys want to throw stuff in the chat, um, anything offensive coordinator related, uh, anything offensive weapon related. Uh, we'll try and answer as many as possible while you guys throw your questions in the chat. I do. We'll, wanna... By the way, we'll get into the, uh, we'll get into the shrine bowl rosters tomorrow. Yeah. 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 That's we'll the other thing. Tomorrow. So Alex is headed to the shrine bowl. Uh, he's heading out Thursday night. So we're going to do a Wednesday show tomorrow and we're going to do shrine bowl rosters tomorrow. So we're going to do a deep dive into those uh, tomorrow. But uh, before we do the Q and A's, I do want to talk about LinkedIn Alex, because the Patriots, I don't know if they did, but they should have posted that damn offensive coordinator job at linkedin.com slash beat. Uh, you can post your job for free at the link down below. Uh, every new hi- potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you obviously want to be certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's what LinkedIn jobs does for you. We use it here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. Uh, now that we're into January, it's the perfect time to add that right team member to your uh, to your team. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering those quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Again, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's check out the chat, see what we got. Um, well, actually, we'll start with S27 because he's right. Everyone should yeah. use LinkedIn.com slash beat. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I think the Pats should show the O-line job on LinkedIn.com slash beat. I think they can do that as well. Um, let's kill that. Okay. I clicked this by accident, but I like it. Yeah. Or be a big part of this offense. He's still here. O'Brien's here. Patricia, likely gone, according to a lot of reports. I think Kendrick Bourne, they need to unlock him this season. Because he has the potential. He was damn good his first year here. He got into this doghouse with Patricia. And I also think that a lot of the stuff, um, I've heard this, that a lot of the stuff that had to do with Born in the doghouse was sort of just undisciplined, right? I mean, he's a great player, but sometimes he is a little undisciplined. He, you know, there's false starts. Sometimes he was running the wrong route. That could be a mix of his own self. That could be a mix of having to work with Patricia. But O'Brien's the kind of guy that's going to come in and fix that. And I agree, Born better be a big part this year. So I'm actually, I'll, I'll have a column up on this tomorrow on 985thesportshub.com. So Bill O'Brien's going to get under the hood and he's going to gonna tweak this. And what's the first thing he should fix? I think I've given these numbers on the show. I don't remember. But if I haven't, buckle up. Get, you might want to get your notepad ready. It's a lot of numbers, but hang with me. Mike, how do you think the Patriots ranked in explosive plays last year? Uh, they were actually relatively high, weren't they? Relatively high, Mike. They were third. There you go. An explosive play. Have you heard me do this one before? Yes, but go, continue. Okay. Explosive play is, is uh, in, in this context, means a play that gains 25 or more yards from scrimmage, like an offensive play. So punt returns, interception returns, those don't count. Patriots were third in the NFL. They had 45. They were behind only the Chiefs and the Niners. A couple good offenses. So that sounds encouraging, right? They had a bunch two of big plays. Two offenses that are still alive in the NFC playoffs right now. Right. Great. You know, great. They had a bunch of big plays. So what happened? Here's what happened. Of those plays that gained over 25 yards, only one of them gained over 50. That was a 53-yard catch and run by Jonu Smith against the Browns. 
The Patriots were tied for last with 150-plus yard play. They were the only team in the league that did not have a play go for over 55 yards. So when we talk about explosive plays, 25 to 50-yard plays, they were they had 44. They were second in the league. So, all right, they're still getting big gains. What happened? Let's let's just look at a simple stat now, yards per play, okay? They were 17th. It's not great. It's not literally middle of the pack. Pedestrian. It's probably right. higher than some people think. 17th in yards per play. Also happens to be where they where they were in scoring, but that's not important. But I'm, if we just look at their yards per play on non-explosive plays, and I don't mean to take it out to lower the number. This isn't like one of those Felger and Maz, you know, the dollar video. Well, if you take away this... No, the point being, <laughs> those things are awesome. <laughs> when Matt, yeah, oh no, he does a great job. When yeah. you take away the non-explosive plays and the yards per play, there, that basically means when you're not moving the ball in chunks, can you still move the ball? Can you sustain offense? Can you sustain a drive? And consistent offenses, the rank, the number changes, but the rank will be the same. For instance, the Chiefs. They were number two in yards per play this year. They were number one on yards per play on non-explosive plays. Miami was another good offense. Fourth and fifth, respectively. The Eagles, another good offense. Sixth and sixth. They were right there, right? Yep. Relative to other teams, they are averaging just as many yards per play overall as they are when they're not getting explosive plays. So that Patriots number, again, overall was 17th. On non-explosive plays, they ranked 27th and yeah. heading into that last week against Buffalo when things sort of opened up for them, they ranked 29th. So to sum that up, they had a lot of big plays, but their big plays weren't big. Right. And in between the big plays, they couldn't move the ball. Basically to, to sum this all up in a drive, start to 25 and tell me if this sounds familiar, Mike start at 25, you get touchback, right? Pick up a yard or two. Boom, Ramondre Stevenson, 45 yards. Now all of a sudden you're at like the 30, yep. right? And then you can't move the ball again, and you kick a field goal. Next Does that sound familiar? Right. Uh, so, far too familiar. The first thing Bill O'Brien needs to do is figure out a way to, and I promise I'm getting back to the Kendrick Bourne part right here. <laughs> yes. what, what Bill O'Brien needs to do is figure out a way to get Kendrick Bourne, or, or sorry, is to figure out a way to improve the intermediate attack the for the offense yeah. that eight to 12 yard range. And in the run game, they're going to be able to do that because Ramondre is great. And they're going to improve the offensive line in the past game in 2021. And going back to college, Mac is at his best throwing to the intermediate part of the field. So that's already built in. Now, Jacoby's their best intermediate receiver. He's probably gone in free yeah. agency, right? It seems like I'm guessing the Raiders. That's just my pick. Raiders and Eagles are my two favorites. Uh, what do I know? Bring Hunter, bring Hunter Renfro back on the other side of that. Sure. Well, if they get Renfro, they should, but the reason this made me think of this, the Patriots' next best intermediate receiver, Kendrick freaking Bourne. Yep. He is the best player in the area of the field that the Patriots need to improve at the most. And it's not that they were bad at it because he had a down year. They were bad at it because he wasn't on the field. Right. So getting Kendrick Bourne involved and allowing Mac Jones to attack that short to intermediate part of the field is going to go a long, long way in unlocking this offense. So 
to get back to the question, Kendrick Bourne better be a big part of the offense. Yes, he better because I think he's the key to unlocking what they really need to improve on next year. I'm with you. I think you, you summed it up great because it wasn't a summation at all, but it was good and it makes sense, right? I mean, use your best player. That's good at this great thing that you need help on and use him. And it's what the Patriots should have done this year. And you know, I've gone back too much, right? Let's let's move forward. And I get it. Yeah. And, but you're right. Yeah. Born born's great in that role. And, uh, I think that's, yeah, that's what they should and will ultimately do this year with Bill O'Brien. Um, should the Patriots go all out and bring in Mike, Mike McGlinchey or Orlando Brown? or And Orlando Brown. Okay, yeah, so, I like that even better. I don't know. That's a lot of money. I do think they need to go get one of the two. There was this play this weekend from McGlinchey, Alex. I'm sure you saw it in that game. They were on the goal yeah. line. It was their one touchdown of the game. And he did get thrown around by Micah Parsons a little bit. Uh, I will okay, say that. hang on, hang on. But... I am go. not – I saw it because I tweeted out future Patriot Mike McGlinchey with the play. Oh, Micah Parsons threw – Right. I'm not going to fault a guy for on Me one either. snap getting beat by a guy who's probably going to be a two-time defensive player of the year, right? Or, no, he wasn't last Whatever year, he is. But yeah, but – Top he's a candidate. two edge rusher in the game. It was the rookie of the year last year. Right. Right. I'm not going to fall for getting beat by that guy on one play when overall McGlinchey had a great game. So anyway, it was great. I'm that, with you. No, I agree. I had to bring it up, but no, there was this play on the goal line and McGlinchey basically blocks two levels at once. He blocks down on a defensive uh, defensive lineman. And then he gets him out of the way, comes back the other side and blocks a linebacker right on the goal line for a touchdown from McCaffrey. You can check it out. It's on my Twitter. I think Alex tweeted it too. Great play. Guy's a stud. He wears the one bar down the middle in San Fran great run scheme could maybe bring some knowledge to a Patriots run game uh, that frankly needs a ton of help uh, as far as blocking goes. I think McGlinchey would be my number one for free agents. And I think Orlando Brown would probably be number two. I don't know about both of them, Alex. I think you've, you've mentioned it before, but I think that sign one draft one, right? Sign yeah. one draft, the other guy on the other bookend and Soto, see later, Trent Brown. So yeah, I think that's the best thing. I don't know about doing both of them. Cause I think, that's more likely for, well, if you get Brady, sign both of them because that's a, you don't need to develop one. You just need to bring right. two guys in that can play. But I think sign one, draft one. Yeah, I, I'm on the same boat. I just think it's going to be really expensive. And I think it would be kind of something we've criticized the Patriots for a lot the last few years is when there's a strong draft class at a position, at wide receiver, at linebacker, a position that they need, they haven't taken advantage of it. They need a tackle. This is... I mean, I've been doing the draft seriously now for like three or four years, so it's not a lot of time, but this is the best tackle class I've done up close. Yeah, I've been following the draft for longer, but I mean going into the weeds. Um, yeah, sure. You have a chance to get your left tackle or right tackle for the next 10 years, it, and I think some of that money would be really good going elsewhere. Now, uncharacteristically aggressive, they signed Hunter Henry and John U. Smith, right? So maybe right. if you make this move, you're going to save – 10 million, whatever it is, whatever Miguel said, cutting Trent Brown. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be mad if they signed both Mike McGlinchey and Orlando Brown. I just don't think they need to just get right. one of them, whoever it is, mix and match. You got good left tackles, right tackles in the draft. So you have guys who can play on both sides. I, I, they won't sign one draft one, right? Yeah. Sign one draft. I'm with one. You. Well, easy. let's, let's build off it though, because let's say they do sign McGlinchey. So they they get one tackle in there, and a receiver is available at fourteen. Do you then? Nope. You still go tackle. 
I still go tackle. And Instead some people on Twitter back. said that for those who don't watch the show and just listen, listen, we should yeah. read the question. So I apologize cutting you off. The question is JSN at 14 or top available tackle. They can't develop receivers. It's not a great receiver class. Like last year, I don't know that JSN's a first round pick. If he is, it's back end. It's not to say he's not a great uh, player. Yet, I disagree like, because last year he was better than this year. I think his stock is a little I'm saying if right he now, Okay, if he came out last year after his 2021 season, yes, he would have been at the top. But I'm saying Okay. Okay. Like the the year off, a guy with a year off into that class. Right. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. I think people's minds are maybe warped by the last three classes have been so unbelievably amazing mm-hmm. that I think people, and I like I said this last year, when you had all these great classes, I was like, at what point do we stop saying these classes are so good and just assume this is the new norm? Well, it's not because this class right. all comes crashing back down to earth. So they can't develop receivers. Go use a pick, get one, get a guy who's proven he can play in this league yeah. and get a tackle a position that has, you know, is less volatile in the draft. You know you can develop. You should have a real offensive line coach to help develop him. I still think you got to go tackle here. I, I've said it before. The only way you can talk me out of a tackle is if one of those top corners falls. Because it's another position they can develop. It's a position they need. And I the market in free agency and in trades is not there at all for corner. Like, I don't think it's great for wide receiver. It's not a good year to need a wide receiver, but corner is like, there's nobody available. So that's the only way I'm coming off tackle. But I, I still, I I know people are going to roll their eyes. I want the number one wide receiver. Go get them. Then go get a guy who has been a number one wide receiver in this league. And look, if you want to take tank Dell at the end of the third round, that'd be a great pick. Go get tank Dell. Like I'm all for that. You know, but 14 with all these tackles on the board, I just, we're going to be sitting here in three years when Mac or whoever the quarterback is gets sacked 40 times, 50 times and saying, man, remember that great tackle class? And they took nobody like that. Yeah, right. That's exactly what's going to happen. I just wonder if maybe bringing in a new set of guys like Bill O'Brien I don't know because, again, I think Troy Brown's going to stay as a wide receivers coach because he is the head coach of the Shrine Bowl team. So, yeah, I don't. That's the other thing that I wonder about with the staff and where they're going with a potential realignment or not is like, and this is kind of just, this is not involved in this question, but Troy Brown's still here. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And I'm not saying that Bill O'Brien's going to come in and not want Troy Brown here, but it's interesting to think are they going to bring in a different wide receivers coach and is Troy Brown going to go elsewhere? It's interesting, but it looks like Troy Brown's going to stay. Well, okay, Mike, let's 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 try. You, you talk about bringing different guys under yeah. Bill O'Brien when he was the OC. They drafted two wide receivers in the top 100: Taylor Price and Brandon Tate. <laughs> Shout out Taylor so, Price. And yeah, no. yes, yes, I conveniently yep, conveniently left out Julian Edelman there. Yeah, that's seventh round pick isn't working directly with the OC. He's not like yeah. that's more of a. He was a special team gadget guy when he came in, right? Yeah, I don't even remember who the wide receivers coach was that year. I want to say it was O'Shea in 09. He was here for a long time, so I think that's right. Um, But I I don't think O'Brien – look, if they get Keenan McCardell or Sean Jefferson, maybe you can sway me, but 
Yeah, it was Chad O'Shea. If they get Chad yeah. O'Shea, maybe you can sway me, but I don't think Bill O'Brien's like this. Bill O'Brien's a quarterback's whisper. He's not a wide receiver's whisper. Yeah, I agree. So we've done this one a few times, but we talked about the run game and what yeah. they have to do. Damian Harris going to come back? Do you think he's going to be too rich? Uh, we've talked about him on a team-friendly deal, and you know the running back class is solid this offseason as far as yeah. free agents. There's guys like Saquon Barkley out there, so Harris might fall to the second tier, and if so, he might be more less expensive for the Patriots to go get again. He's a leader. Uh, he's like a fringe captain, I feel like. He hasn't yeah, been he the captain yet, but he's like he's right there, so... If he's less expensive than the market, then I would say they should go get him. But if he's going to command anywhere near anywhere near the top of the market, then see you later. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think there is a chance he's available on a team-friendly deal. It makes sense yeah. for him. Take a one-year deal. You were hurt all year last year. Reset your market. I think he's going to be more involved or would be more involved in a Bill O'Brien offense. Bill yeah, O'Brien was sure. here back in the day. He understands platooning the running backs. So... I think there's a chance he's not coming back like for top of the market money. It's going to be a one year prove it incentive, heavy contract, but I don't, they'll talk to him. I don't think he's a guy. They're just going to say, well, it's been great. You know, see you. Good luck. I think they'll, they'll make somewhat of a pitch to get yeah, him back. I agree. Um, just peeking through here um, to try and spark something, but what else we can do, Alex to let's, uh, you know what? Let's wrap the show uh, right. with, We'll wrap it with um, championship weekend, yeah. AFC and NFC. Uh, I believe the first game on Sunday is the NFC, and it's yeah, yeah it's San Fran at Philly. Um, I know you're going to have a lot to say on this because I keep seeing you quote tweet your old tweet about Brock Purdy taking this team to the NFC championship, and they did it. He did it. He's been awesome. He's a winner. He's, he reminds me of a young Jimmy Garoppolo because he just goes out and wins nah, football but he's games. Not, for he's not team. a bitch. <laughs> fair, very fair. Uh, that's you're quoting Marty, right? You're quoting, I'm quoting uh, Martellus. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, Al, that is not Alex Barth. That has Martellus. That is it. right. Um, yeah, save you there. But uh, no. thank you. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's not a bitch. Um, so yeah, NFC Championship game. I think the Eagles are favored by two uh, in Philadelphia. I think I like Philly because they just dominated the Giants, but it's hard to pick against the Eagles right now. But what do you think of, you know, where that game's going? So there's a reason that tweet said Brock Purdy is going to lead the Eagles to the NFC championship and not to the Super Bowl. There you because go. I can sit, I contemplated it yep. at the time the Eagles were rolling and I was like, they're the hottest team and nobody's getting by them. Niners is the hotter team right now. I, this is going to be a close game. This is going to yeah, be a really is. good game. I the the cow the not the Cowboys the the Giants did not get a ton of pressure on Jalen Hurts last week. He was made very comfortable. Yeah, I think the difference here is the Niners can do a much better job of generating pressure. Kayvon Thibodeau had a great rookie year, but Bose is another you know another problem. Right. So I I think the Niners get to Hurts. I think they keep it close. I. I haven't made a pick on this game. I think I'm going to pick the Niners. I'm going to go with the team that's playing better football right now coming in. And All I right. know the Eagles played better last week, but the Niners have won, what, eight, nine in a row, something like that? It's even they more. I think it's like Brock 10 or 11. Over. I think in the playoffs, you can't go wrong riding the hot hand. Look, I've only picked one game wrong this entire playoffs. My ice-cold stretch during the regular season is yeah. over. Was it, that, it was now Cowboys, that right? Cowboys, Bucks. Cowboys, yeah, I, I wasn't picking against Tom Brady. In the yeah, I, I just wasn't going to do that. I've seen I too much. I yeah. um, 
now that I've gone on, now that I've patted myself on the back and taken this victory lap, this will end. So, you know, bet the Eagles. But I think the Niners, they're just the hotter team. I think that they're able to put pressure on Hurts. And I, I, I think they end up, like, it's going to be close. I don't know. I'll take the underdog to cover whatever the spread is. I don't know what it is. But uh, it's only two points, but I can see it's it nine. The Niners are the dog. Niners are the dog. I could so definitely see it being a one point game. I could yeah. definitely see it being a one point game. Uh, I yeah. think it's close, but I'm going to take the Niners. All right. Uh, the I just looked at their schedule, and the Niners have now won 12 in a row. Uh, yeah. I, think I mean, it's that's like seven seems... or eight from Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see how fast John Lynch got down from the press box? That's a yeah. That was special. That was unbelievable. That was insane. That was the craziest yeah. thing I've ever seen. Um, I picked the Cowboys against the Bucks. I also picked the Cowboys against the Niners, and the Cowboys are just so hilarious at the end of playoff games. The way they pull shit out of their pants. That like, was so bad. That was so ridiculous. Like I and I get you have these gadget plays that you pull out when you absolutely need them, and they have these. You know, you put the linemen out on out there and you throw a team off. But to have Zeke as your center and to just get bull rushed by a linebacker and eat shit and then to have nothing. And then they throw to Cavante Turpin and Turpin just gets bundled. It was so funny and it was just so <laughs> typical Cowboys. Um, I think I like Philly this week, though. I like something. Something I love and I love and hate Nick Sirianni at the same time. I think he's hilarious okay. the way he's just like. Like looking at the 8K camera, like giving him the the snark look. Did you see that during the broadcast? Yeah. Like he's just like he fires that team up, and he almost knows that he's like that, and he just knows that he's the enemy, and he's gonna ride for his guys. I think Jalen Hurts is awesome. I think he's gonna be another week healthier. Philly's rolling just as much as the Niners um, in games that Hurts plays. Hurts got hurt. You like that one? Right. Hurts got hurt, and they they lost a couple at the end of the season, but. When he's in there, that team's nasty. So I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, good to go, AFC? Yeah. Yeah, well, let's start right here before we get in our previews. Okay. The Buffalo Bills are who I was telling you they were this week. Oh, yeah. I, know. Okay. I just yeah. want to throw That's that out it. there. Nobody, well, nobody, <laughs> nobody in the league is better than the Buffalo Bills with a three-touchdown lead. Just don't ask them to win a close game. Yeah, don't you dare ask them to play in the cold. Don't you dare ask them to do that because <laughs> they can't do it. They're going to dome that place. It's good. And it's going to be, they have one of the best home field advantages in football. Uh They throw it out the window. I was told Josh Allen was perfect. I think the bills front office (laughs) believed Josh Allen was perfect. They built a roster for a quarterback that has no flaws. And you saw what happened when they played a good team. The Bengals are everything we were told the bills have been since July. You remember that tweet, Mike, that, that sports center sent out. When when the Bills beat the Rams, oh, quality win by the way, yes. in the opener. Oh yeah, the Bills, <laughs> the are Super Bowl champs, from, Alex, defending Bills, Super Bowl champion Los they were Angeles Rams from the beginning. Yeah, people have knocked the Bengals all year. We always make fun of teams, and even with the Patriots back in the day, playing the nobody believes in us card. Yeah, the Bengals can legitimately play it, and they have a legitimate reason. They were in the Super Bowl last year. People wrote them off after a slow start. I don't think they had any All Pros. Like, and they, they're just rolling right now. So yeah. Buffalo has work to do. That's not to say the Patriots don't, because that's where Bills fans come back and, and say, oh, a Patriots fans talking. I didn't spend the last 12 months telling you that my team was going to be the greatest in the history of the NFL. You spent months hyping up your team as, as the second coming 
only to leave with 12 minutes to go in a two-score game. They were hitting the exits. They clearly don't believe in Josh Allen as much as they say they do, or at least in that offense as much as they say they do. The Bengals, that team has stones. That team is legit. That's a bunch of bad dudes on that side of the ball. Ice cold. They don't care. They went in there. They won a game they weren't supposed to win. They've been doing it all year. That team has like some early 2000s Patriots vibes. And I'm not saying they're better than those teams. I'll still take those Patriots rosters any day. But just that nasty, don't give an F. You know, it's our league whether you like it or not. That mentality goes a long way. These Bengals teams are a ton of fun to watch. And they, the tough team beat a soft team. That's what happens in the NFL. I'm with you. Joe Burrow's the man. Um, I'm, I've gone against you as a Josh Allen guy um, because I think he's he's legit. I think he's a top three, four quarterback in the league. He's got a monster arm. He has the tools. Things clearly went a little bit more downhill with a his injury, but b replacing Brian Dayball with Ken Dorsey. Um, he can't. But, he won't check down, Mike. He can't or won't. He just hunts big plays. That's all he does. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, there, there has to be some, someone better has to come in there and be able to run that operation for him because he's got the tools, but you know, it, the brain clicks to 2018 Josh Allen way too much this year, even than last year. And so he turns the ball over like crazy and he makes stupid decisions often, more often than he did a year ago. And I don't know if is it's it possible ball? that 2018 Josh Allen is the real Josh Allen and Dayball for whatever reason was able to rein him in and nobody else I- can. I don't want to go that far because even this year he was much better than his rookie year, but well, okay. Well, he should be, but I'll say this, his passer rating this year when not targeting Stefan Diggs, was significantly lower. Diggs is going to turn 30 this off season. I encourage you to look up wide receivers age 30 and older in the NFL. That is a massive, massive bridge to cross. So it's not pretty. It's yeah, very I'm with few you guys well, that do it. That's why DeAndre Hopkins scares me a little bit coming to the Pats. But that's fair, and that's fair. That's very yeah. fair. Right. I thought um, you were gonna but, say Hopkins going to the Bills. No, that would be nuts. No. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. The Bills disappointed yet again. Uh they have some work to do. But I think that game was more so Cincinnati's awesome than Buffalo Stinks, because like you said, that team why has can't stones. It, be both? it can be both. But I think you look at Joe Burrow, and I hate comparing people to Brady. And I did it to Mahomes this weekend, and my replies on Twitter unbelievable. Alex quote tweeted me and got me a bit. That was it was good stuff. I love Pat Mahomes, but I think you look at Joe Burrow and the like you said the stones on that guy. The, the he just walks into Buffalo like it's absolutely nothing and just goes out there and throws the ball around the yard. I think Zach Taylor has turned into a pretty damn good coach. He's um, He's been very impressive the last yeah. and I, I did not like that hire. I'll say that. He yeah. has learned on the job incredibly. 100%. And I think I look at, uh, I was listening to an interview with Mark Schlereth uh, this weekend, and he was talking about what the Bengals have to do this weekend in order to win the game, despite their offensive line being so banged up. And he talked about how you can't lose your identity just because your own line's banged up because the Bengals throw it across around the yard. And, they're going to throw 35 times no matter what. But a bad coach will throw it 35 times no matter what and not change anything. A good coach <clears throat> will throw Steve. it. Exactly. A good coach, Zach Taylor, will throw it 35 times, but they'll scheme it up for their offensive line so that they're only vulnerable for about 10 plays. So the way Schlereth described it was, you still throw 35 times, but 
you take five off for tunnel screens and you take five right. off for running back screen screens, 10 off for three step, 10 off for um, play action, then run action. And dip, so like you only put an empty set with five O linemen for like five or 10 plays. And that's when you're vulnerable. And that's what Zach Taylor did this weekend. And I heard it from Schlereth before the game. I was like, that makes sense. This offensive line issue might not be that bad if they can just coach it up. And that's exactly what they did. And they went into Buffalo and they blew their doors off. And I think, and by the way, that's something we were saying about the Patriots all year. That just exactly. Never yeah. They never did it. They left their guys out to dry. And so in saying that, I think this weekend in Kansas city, the Bengals can do the exact same thing. Patrick Mahomes, his ankle is probably this big right now. I don't yeah. think that guy's going to walk until Friday. Um, Mac Jones missed two months or a month and a half with a high ankle sprain. So uh, Mahomes is going to play, but he's going to be damn sore. I love the kid. He's awesome. It's in Kansas City, but I think since he gets it done this weekend, that team just keeps rolling and rolling, and they have the coaches and the personnel to do it on offense. Yeah, and their defense I, is really good too. If they still had Tyree Kill, I honestly think yeah. I take the Chiefs in this game because that mm -hmm. ability to the Chiefs need that ability to get the ball out quick and create after the catch. And I'm a big fan of Isaiah Pacheco. I, I on this show last year I said this is the guy the Pats got to take. This is the sleeper. Right. Um, he's not Tyree Kill though. No. I mean, he's not close. Just like Patrick Mahomes isn't close to Tom Brady. But right. I, um, <laughs> I, I, look, I had, I, I no, I'm I like never it. Gonna not defend Tom Brady. Um, I love the Twitter. I love the Twitter. And battle. as for Burrow, by the way, the way to say it is fully acknowledging that nobody's remotely close. Burrow is as close to Brady stylistically as there is in the league right now. Like I yeah. feel comfortable saying that about, well, I guess Brady's still in the league, but like you know what I mean, right? I just the reason I've compared I did the Mahomes comparison this weekend is the fact that they've been to five straight title games and it's like all on Patrick Mahomes. And he's he's one of those guys was one of those guys that actually shows yeah, I, I'm using your quote here, but the stones. Yeah. Like Mahomes actually when they're down and can just anytime they need a touchdown, he goes and gets it. And I don't think you've seen that a lot with these top guys. Like Peyton Manning never did that. Josh Allen hasn't right. done it. Aaron Rodgers hasn't done it. So, like, when I see Mahomes actually go out there and play clutch football, that's what reminds me of Brady. That's and fair. I think Burrow has that. Bar Burrow has that characteristic with him as well, though. So Yeah, I mean, I just, when I'm watching Burrow, that first touchdown to Jamar Chase, right, where mm -hmm. he he gets the rush, he manipulates the pocket, he looks the safety off, he throws into the hole on the opening drive in the snow in a playoff game. Like, I was like, that, that's Brady. Yeah. That's, a, like, that's a play that Tom Brady would make. So I, I understand where you're coming with Mahomes. Like he kind of has that aura around yeah. him. That's Brady ish, but like I'm watching Joe Burrow do things that I watch Tom Brady do. Now Burrow has to win some Super Bowls, and then he's got to do it for 25 years. Easy. Right. Right. But exactly. and that's, that's again, where it comes into, he's as close as there is without, without being, being close. close. Right. But I wouldn't say it's incorrect to throw on the tape of Burrow and say, hey, there's some things in here that look like some things that Tom Brady did. At a, that Burrow does some things at a high level that Brady also does and did at a high level. Um, yeah, you know, with the Chiefs, again, I think Tyreek Hill would help them. They've missed that yak element this year. Mahomes isn't going to be able to run around. That offensive line got beat pretty good last week by like a above average Jaguars pass rush. Like they're, they're okay. that, you know, they do have the best Josh Allen in the league, so that helps, but he doesn't have much support around him. Right. And 
you know, now you're going to face a, a cheese pass rush that's been great this year with Hendrickson on one side and Sam Hubbard on the other. And Bengals pass rush. Bengals pass rush. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Um, Mahomes needed his legs last week. And you, yeah. And people will say, oh, well, he was moving last week, even after the injury, between the adrenaline and whatever treatment he got in the locker Not and all that. He was still fresh. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, it's a different animal. And look, at a, at a certain point, so this is my key for the Bengals if they want to win it. And I am picking them, but they can't let the Chiefs hang around. Like, I think they're going to come out and start hot, and, and, and Mahomes is going to have to figure out his ankle, but you can't let that, as like simple as this sounds, you can't let that adrenaline hit Patrick Mahomes late right. in the game. Because if it does, he's going to, it just makes him more mobile. Like it's science, right? The, it, it dulls the pain or whatever. Right. That's the biggest thing for the Bengals. When they get up and they did a good job of it against the Bills, they got up and they didn't open the door. They did not give the Bills an opportunity to get back in that game. You look at what the Chargers did, right? Right. The Bengals, once they get up, they got to keep their foot on the gas. I think they can. I think they will, but they, they cannot get caught looking over their shoulder in this game because even on one ankle, Mahomes does still scare me. I think the Bengals yeah. are the more complete team, so I'm picking them. But again, I think it's going to be close, especially if we get to like the third quarter. It's like a 10-point game. Eh, even like 14, that's not over. It's right. nowhere close to over. For either team, honestly, it's not over. I think that these these teams are evenly matched. So it's going to be a great great weekend of football. Yeah. I think that's going to be a great game. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think I like the Bengals here. I wonder about Mahomes' ankle. I still think Mahomes on one leg is a top 10 quarterback in the league. Sure. Uh, but that could be a difference maker. So we'll see what happens. Uh, quick shout out to our friends at Rocket Money here before we get going. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? You probably don't, as 80% of Americans have subscriptions they completely forget about. Most of us think we spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, when actually that total is closer to $200. Uh, I did run into this problem for a while, Alex, but I haven't since using Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Uh, you can use it too. You just go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. You can save hundreds of dollars uh, on your subscriptions. You can cancel all your unnecessary ones right now. Again, go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Go check that out. It's a great app. Uh, I use it all the time to manage all my subscriptions, ESPN+. Plus. Amazon Prime, Hulu, whatever the case may be. Uh, so get rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Check it out, and you can manage all your money and your subscriptions now. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, Alex, today. Um, yeah. A lot in this one. Bill O'Brien, DeAndre Hopkins, Tom Brady returned. Uh, things are starting to look up, I think, in Foxborough, and that's exciting because this year was such a dud, and uh, I think we're in for a good offseason going forward. Um Tomorrow, we are going to come back here on Patriots Beat and break down the Patriots Shrine Bowl roster because they are coaching the West team uh, coming up uh, next next Thursday. Is the game? Is uh, yeah. Or next, yeah. So it's coming up next it's Thursday. Next Thursday, but the, but the real thing is the practices. That's what exactly. we really learn, and that's that's Friday to Tuesday. Yeah. So Alex, Alex is heading the Shrine Bowl, so you can check out all his coverage down yeah. there. Um, he's heading sorry there Saturday with- to Tuesday, but. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Saturday to Tuesday is, yeah. is the real stuff. Um, I just got my online credential, so I'll be covering the Shrine Bowl uh, from afar. Uh, I won't be out in Vegas, but Alex will be there, so you can check out all his coverage. We're going to be back tomorrow to break down the Patriots' West roster, which they will be coaching with Troy Brown as their head coach, uh, among others that will be there. So, again, come back here. Patriots press pass. Uh, we'll probably go six or seven tomorrow, break that roster down. Uh, until then, watch this episode, check it out, see what's going on uh, with Bill O'Brien and company. 
Follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. Read his stuff on 98.5thesportshub.com. You can check out my stuff at CLNSmedia.com. Shoot me a follow on Twitter, at MikeCadlick, for all of my Patriots coverage. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow to break down those rosters. Thanks, guys.